1: Hello, 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 it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding and welcome to another episode of the Grant Writing and Funding podcast where every single week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance the mission of your nonprofit or of your freelance grant writing business. All right, so let's get into it today. It is going to be a wonderful show. We have an amazing guest today, Alejandra Salazar. And she is absolutely amazing. She's also in our grant professional mentorship program. And she has been for a number of years. And I've loved seeing her business grow, seeing her get clear on who she serves, why she serves the people she does, and so much more. So you're gonna wanna hang tight today to really see how she has positioned her business in Mexico to really be able to serve a cause she is very passionate about, and that is environmental justice. So she is going to talk about how she's been able to grow joy in her life, freedom in her schedule, and also her income by focusing on a cause area she's really passionate about and in a certain area of the world that she's really passionate about. She really wants to serve Latin America. She wants to serve this area where there really is a huge impact on the ecosystem there. And she wants to be a part of that, helping get funding for programs. So she's been able to build a business around this. How cool is that? And to be able to like pick up her kids after school, have all the flexibility that she needs and wants and desires in her schedule. So you're definitely gonna wanna hang out to this today. If you're an environmental justice, nonprofit organization, please tune in. It's really great the things that she has to say. And even if you're a grant writer inside a nonprofit, listen to what she has to say today because she's gonna give a lot of gems away. As well on some of her takeaways on being in this industry for 20 years, she knows how to write grants. She knows how to do program design and she really understands the complexities of the environment and of programs surrounding environmental justice. So she also works on very international programs as well. Very, very cool. So you're going to want to tune in today on that note, before we get started, if you are, we've been talking about our grant professional mentorship and that is a flagship program of ours. So if you already have, you've been a freelance grant writer for a while and you really hit a plateau in building your clients and getting ideal clients and really growing your revenue without, having to work 10 times harder right we don't want to do that we can definitely build our revenue build ideal clients without having to work 10 times harder um our grant professional mentorship program will help you double five-figure contracts for your grant writing business with just two to four clients in the next 12 months that sounds like something you want to jump into you are definitely going to want to join our webinar coming up it's a free master class it is going to be amazing, and it's a new one, so I'm really excited about that. You're gonna to wanna to join that on September 19th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And that is the must-have system to double peace and profit in your growing grant writing business. Once again, September 19th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And that is the must-have system to double peace and profit in your growing grant writing business. I am going to share my secrets with you. So if that sounds like something you want to do as you're starting to grow your grant writing business, do make sure you jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 287 to sign up for that. Um, you can definitely just jump uh, see it on our website as well under upcoming webinars, but do make sure you reserve your slot that is happening in just a couple of weeks We definitely wanna see you there if you're like, okay, I started a business, now what? Now how do I actually grow it? How do I grow it without burning myself out? So do join us for that webinar. And the doors do open to the Grant Professional Mentorship on September 19th, and they close on October 1st. So that is the window for the doors to be open at this webinar that you attend, you're going to find out more about the grant professional mentorship. And you can always jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com for a bunch of other free resources that we have. We have our free grant writing class. So if you're just interested in like learning how to do grant writing, you can get that right now. It is a free 45 minute class that you can go ahead and grab right now. So jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com to see all of the goodies that we have. All right, so let's get back to Ali. She is amazing. As I mentioned, she has been doing this work with nonprofits for 20 years. She's a certified grant writing and funding expert. She has a passion for civil society organizations and environmental justice, and she really has the experience of working in the nonprofit sector on biodiversity conservation climate change and sustainable development in latin america and the caribbean she also has a degree in international relations and a master's degree in environmental legislation during her career she has co-developed and implemented on ecosystem-based adaptation environmental education environmental policy community forest management, and so much more. She has been successful in helping secure millions of dollars from international and national funding sources, and she lives in Mexico City with her husband, two kids, and her amazing animals as well. <laughs> so for more information about Ali, you can definitely visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash Seven. She is also a grant writer for hire, one of our preferred grant writers on our website. So if you're looking for a grant writer to help you with environmental uh, programs and all of that, definitely reach out to Alejandra. She is absolutely amazing. All right. Without further ado, here's Alejandra. So welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, Ali. Uh,
0: thank you very much. I'm really excited and honored to be invited in the podcast and share my experience with all of you.
1: Yes, I love it. And I love that you've been a part of the mentorship for a while now, a few years. And I love that you've been in the program really. And but the thing is, is you've been in the nonprofit space for almost two decades. You've been really working in nonprofit capacity building, grant writing, um, even program management for a long time now in your field of really looking at climate change, biodiversity, conservation, sustainable development, specifically in Latin America and the Caribbean. So I love that you have a focus of like, what really lights you up as far as the cause area, because your background, your your uh, master's degree and everything, you also come from environmental legislation and all of that. So you really put your cause area, what you're excited about, and then your skill area, which is grant writing, program management, capacity building together. I love that so much. Can you talk about that a little bit about your background? I mean, I know I kind of mentioned it, but can you humanize it a bit for us? So we know, like, what was your pathway between where you started and now where you're at as a a grant writing um, business owner.
0: Well, Holly, well, you know more about me than I I know about myself. No, thank you. Yes, well, you know, people who are working in the environmental sector, they always start with the story that when I was a small kid, I loved nature. Well, it's true. (laughs) I found out that many people who are working in the environmental sector, I know it sounds, but it's true. They they all uh, grew up with deep found connections to nature, and Mm -hmm. that's why many of them entered the environmental sector. So the same applies to me, and I, I always have, I don't always have clarity on things, but I was clear that I wanted to work conserving nature and wildlife. So um yeah well I studied international relations. I had the idea that I would get funding for conservation, for biodiversity. And then I finished my studies and I went thinking okay now I'm going to get a job in conservation and I started knocking some doors and say well you are not a biologist. You have no experience in environmental engineering. We can't hire you and I was like what? So then I said well I'm going to study a master's degree Degree, something that's related to natural resources management. No? So I go to several universities a while back <laughs> and they say, but you are not a biologist. You are not this and that. And I'm like, what? Again, a barrier to doing what I want. And I said, well, international relations, international cooperation has to do a lot with cooperation on environmental issues and the big global uh, problems that we face today as a society. So I'm persistent and I found this incredible master's degree in Costa Rica. You know, Costa Rica is a small Central American land but it's known for its wild biodiversity and it's for its tourism ecological tourism and so I went there and I studied a master's degree and that way I was able to come back to Mexico and start working in an environmental NGO Mm -hmm. and I had different uh, positions in the the NGO but in the end it all came down to developing projects and getting some funds to implement those Mm -hmm. projects, managing the projects and you know just growing my area, getting more uh, staff and doing more projects getting more clients no and it was a very it was very challenging because i was basically on my own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's really no training no hand holding, mm-hmm. no mentorship You're basically learning as you go. Right. And you start learning, you know, from many mistakes that you make along the way, but mm-hmm. you start getting the feel of it and you start making friends in other organizations. You start making alliances. You start working together. You start identifying, look, this is a good opportunity, and you go and you apply together. And then with this experience, you begin, you know, having more and more wins. Yeah. And this yeah, and it was very incredible. I, I loved it. It was a beautiful time for me. I made a lot of friends and I gained a lot of experience I did whatever you think of I was there I had projects in environmental sustainable fishing saving Mm -hmm. um, species in risk of extinction like the vaquita marina in the Gulf of Mexico which is a small purpose that I think there are only like three left but that kind of stuff and also community forest management co-management of protected areas bird uh, monitoring wetland conservation I green green procurement I participated in many boards, environmental boards. Mm-hmm. So it gave me, as you can see where this is going, it gave me a feel not only about how to develop and implement projects, but also you need to really get out there, make some friends, yeah. find the opportunities and also uh, find ways to make the work easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, now we come to the to the current part. So what am I doing now? Well, um, I lost my job like four years ago. Mm-hmm. It was the best that could have happened because mm-hmm. it gave me opportunities to go back to the space of finding funding for conservation, right? Mm. So in the end, it's, life is crazy, you know? It goes back in, it goes in circles. So now um, I have this great opportunity to continue working in the environmental sector with with nonprofits, but with all of the experience that I had, the good and the bad and the ugly and whatever, and, you know, and find solutions. Find mm-hmm. solutions. I really care. I truly mm. I believe that organizations can make a difference. You know? Yes. That is important, you know? Not mm-hmm. government. They are not private enterprise. They have a whole um, um, important role that they play. No, mm. and it's important. Mm-hmm. And something that I wanted to highlight is that, for example, in Mexico, there are only sixty thousand NGOs. Right, mm. so more, but wow, like, yeah, in the whole country. Yeah the whole country, compare that to the two million. I think it's less than 60,000, like around 50,000. Compare that to the US. Wow. So it's yeah. around 33 NGOs per person. And Brazil has like 170 NGOs per person for the work that nonprofits are doing. And this is the way to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love that so much. And uh, just as a side note too. my mom, she went to Costa Rica and did a program through the Peace University. So yeah, what you're talking about, they have a lot of, Universities and and training in in the field of peace conservation all of that in Costa Rica I thought that was kind of a fun side note because I didn't know that you did it there I was like oh wow that's cool, so but I love what you talked about is coming at it from your passion right even from that little girl passion of like this is where I really want to help conserve nature and animals and all of that right that conservation of the world and then and and the, your navigation is very similar as far as coming into a space where I think more of the scientific background is a little bit more like acceptable. Like you said, you're not a scientist, you're not a biologist, you're not that, right? So it's hard to figure out where you fit in that position, but you, you found that out, right? As you went through these nonprofits, like they still need program management. They still need to know how to build alliances. They need, um, to get funding, like all of those things, right? So to, and and that's a very important role to keep their work going because a lot of times, you know, the scientists, they don't wanna write the grants, right? They might chip in and just like a part of it where you as a grant writer can sit down with them and say, hey, we need to ask, answer these specific questions. Let me just like have a conversation with you. And then you can write what they say into the grant. So you have that behind it and you might need their resume as well to throw into a grant, right? But as far as like putting that together, that's really not their forte, right? That's really not the work that they want to be doing or should be doing necessarily in in a nonprofit or in an organization. So it's people like, like what we do, right? And like what you do specifically, that is needed. So are you starting to see like, even though the universities might've tried to shove you away there's certain jobs that at the first we're like, mm, but now that you have this wealth of experience, they're like, oh, actually we we do need you. We need that, that gap to be filled. We need that program management. We need the grant writing. Are you seeing more and more of that now?
0: Yeah, well, things have changed. What I've told you was like 20 something or more years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, environmental uh, issues have become be, become very important now. There are tons of different you know uh, studies and majors and whatnot. But yeah, I think there's a space for everyone. Everyone yeah. contributes their own experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and um, yeah, I think one of the most valuable things that grant writers bring to the table mm-hmm. is this expertise or know-how in really looking at the design of the project
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. and being more strategic about it finding mm-hmm. where are the gaps what are we not saying that it, this is important where are we not building the alliances that are needed what information is not substantiated what because you, you are because many experts assume as they know something no that things are as they are and then mm-hmm. sometimes they don't go deeper and yeah. see if really what the solution that they are providing is really adequate for the problem sometimes they just yeah, you no. know <laughs> they don't go they don't go deeply enough into the problem they just have a solution and they just try to you know do it everywhere but it doesn't it doesn't work like that and yeah. a very important thing is how can you um really collect the, and involve uh, local you know beneficiaries or the people who are going to benefit from the program you have to involve them from the design yeah so that is yeah that, that not, yeah not many do but as mm-hmm. a grant writer you can see okay the project design does it make sense it has it has it has it a solid logic is the information there that we need to make decisions and then yeah you help them structure the project better and why is this important because in the end you want you want to get results mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. You yeah want the project to work you want to understand why the project worked in the first place you want to understand what did not work so that you can replicate what worked and what not you have solutions for that because mm-hmm. let's face it social environmental problems are very complex it's very difficult to design a project from the start and you know get the results that you want from the from the start because mm-hmm. you're working with people mm-hmm. and you're working with the environment
1: mm-hmm. and
0: something that's out of your control. No? So it's important to really understand how you design the project so that you can do, you know, um, adaptive management. Right. Um, and then you are able to communicate this to the donor. Yes. <laughs> Have a very, you know, um, a trust-based uh, relationship with the donors that they understand that the work that you are doing as an NGO is complex and that there needs to be a flexibility and a trust. So that is very important as well.
1: I love that. Yeah, and I love that, like coming back and saying, we, we need to see the entire picture here. And there are a lot of contingencies that we need to put in place because of all the different variables, right? Like you said, these are complex issues and projects and results even that you're potentially looking to have, right? So it's it's really looking at, does this all relate? Um, How can we make it really outlined well? So it's, I love that when people think, oh, you're just gonna write a grant, like you're just gonna, you know, take what I have, like my idea and kind of just like put it together real quick and send it off and ask for funding and it's like,
0: yeah, but it's
1: not quite that easy, right? Like a lot of things might change from your idea to what the program really needs to be. And that's really the specialty. It's not just grammar <laughs> that grammar writers bring to the table. It's about, it's really the thought process behind it,
0: right? Exactly. You are there mm-hmm. to advise as well, you know? So yep. because yeah. Well, I've been working in projects where there are multiple partners and everyone sees it the project from their perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's difficult to really get into a decision or take a decision. Yeah. So someone has to, you know, provide uh, you know, a guideline or a guiding light or whatever so that a decision is made. Yeah. Sometimes that neutral position is a grant writer, no? Mm-hmm. The grant writer is able to provide a solution that most of them mm-hmm. agree to. So yeah, it's I think it's an important role that
1: we grant writers.
0: Yeah. Are. Yeah, it's really, it's
1: a, yeah. And it is about being like that consultant. So even, I find if you're a grant writer within, in, within an organization or a nonprofit, you kind of have a harder time being able to have that role as far as like leading the project, just because there's like hierarchical things and like all the things, right? But like, if you are a freelance grant writer, grant writer professional, and you're coming in as a consultant to a nonprofit, there's a lot more, there's different boundaries. You have a little bit more respect even to some degree, right? There's not that hierarchy anymore. You're external. So you can step in and you can lead in a much, um, so there can be like you still, there's like personalities and like you said, perspectives, but it's a little bit easier to be able to have the reins to lead that decision because you're like, you're hiring me as a consultant. This is what I do. I spend my days like in this field. And for you, you're like, I spend it in biodiversity in conservation and in grant writing. So it's like a double win, you know? Um, so you're not, it's not you're like you're a generalist coming into this space, not understanding the language you understand it. <laughs> so, you know, you have that double edge sword to kind of come in and say, you know, you can rely on me and what I'm saying, so, do you feel like now that you're in the space as a consultant, you, you can kind of lead projects in a different way?
0: I uh, know, definitely. What you say yeah. is completely true. So, it's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it's like you're coming in as a peer, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so what you say makes sense to them. And well, you know, I've been in, in this space for 20 years. I've done yeah. a lot of projects, worked with a lot of funders. I've seen many things, and I've always a word of caution when something come up comes up i'm saying look um just beware of this and this and this because this happened to me yeah yeah <laughs> something i read I- bye <laughs> be careful what you commit what you commit to be very careful to what you commit to your funding funding source don't make promises that you cannot keep because then the money isn't worth it so no. not, and you don't and it's not worth chasing the money it's not no. worth to everything that that you know every opportunity because not every opportunity is a real opportunity it can really uh hit your 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 NGO it happened to me mm-hmm. so you have to be very strategic to what yeah. types of grants you apply to and to whom and that is also part of the you know the expertise and the magic you know? if you really want yeah. to have an effect you cannot be all over the place you have to be very strategic and you have to really build um Yeah, build your expertise on that so that you are, you know, you increase your success and you're able to position yourself as an expert in the field and it's easier, trust me.
1: Yeah. No, I love that because you're, it's completely right. Like, you know, you, you come in with all of this experience and all of your, what you're saying, yeah, it doesn't work. And if people are just saying they're trying to, here's another thing I see often, and it sounds like you're, you see this too, right? Is um, when people try to overpromise because they think that they'll be more competitive in the review process of getting a grant. And what I've seen as a, as a grant reviewer is that's actually opposite. If I, I, I can totally spot that out. And if I see that and I'm like, there, and for me, that's actually a negative. I actually deduct points because I think they're not actually going to be able to get that done. So is that achievable? No, I don't think so, right? So that's just a word of caution for y'all out there. Is that what, you're, what you see too or what you've had experience with in the past?
0: Yeah, and I'm also thinking about you know the staff that works at nonprofits. So you yes. kind of you. you have You're to also burn them out. Yeah. Up. So yeah. You, it's impossible for someone to manage so many different projects of so many different themes. Of course, they're going to mess up, no? But then yeah. it seems that it's their fault. It's not their fault. It's the way mm-hmm. things are set up to to make people fail. So who do you want to work with? Someone who's motivated, who's happy. No, who really enjoys the, the the challenge of bringing in the money and doing the projects, or someone who says, "What another one? I cannot do this anymore." No, right. So you yeah. you you are at the risk of losing important people that have that have been working for you for a long time, and who you know have a, an important know-how that can't be transmitted so easily. So mm-hmm. that's an important thing to 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 take into account. And another important thing is to just think about the costs. So if you have, you know, you have multiple projects that are in different areas, you know, so it doesn't make sense, in the end, you lose a lot because of inefficiency or costs, if costs, so you have to think strategically, how can I have this project and this one, how can these projects complement each other, so then Mm -hmm. make larger, you know, funding source, and then we are more attractive to other uh, funders. And that's the way you attract money. Right? If you're spread thin, it's it's really harder. So it's yeah. important to be very clear and specific on what what the things you are doing and what the things you are doing.
1: I love that, and that's those are such good tips for grant writers out there to take away and to really consider. Like, well, we need to look at the big picture. We need to look at these things. Like, we need to make sure that we're complementing programs. We're not like over promising all of that, and we you know making good relationships and and being able to take even. Um, from your cause area, your subject area, passion, and put that into what you're doing for your work. So um, as we kind of talk about that too, like you do work for uh, uh, for nonprofits in Mexico, you also do it for different countries. Like you, you've been working on several projects where you've put different countries because of the the what their mission is to achieve in conservation. Because it's not isolated, right? And <laughs> a lot of times to one country, so you also work on cross-country collaboration. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because I think that's so interesting.
0: Thank you. Well. Well, lots of it is thanks to you, Holly, in the mm-hmm. mentorship. Because yeah, I've been able to identify, you know, um, my target population. So I'm in Mexico, as we saw, as I said before, there are not so many NGOs like 60,000. 60 and then if you think about the, how many NGOs are environmental, the number just goes down. Like I don't know, like a hundred or something. Yeah, I should know that. But so, but there are other NGOs in Latin America and Central America, and I've worked with many uh, mm-hmm. in the year. So talking with you in the mentorship, well, the thing is, there's nothing that obliges me to just work in Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. So I speak Spanish, they speak Spanish. We have Mm -hmm. the same issues in Latin America. Latin America is one of the most biodiverse regions in the world of the top 12 countries in the world, the most biodiverse. Five are in Latin America. Wow. So, yeah, it's a region with a lot of, you know, need for conservation and things that disappear here, disappear in the world. But the thing is, um, NGOs, so non nonprofit sector in Latin America, well, um, there, are very, there are a lot of small and medium organizations and it's not like they have a lot of funds available. Many of them do a lot of volunteering work. It's a very precarious Uh, It's a very precarious job, so to Mm -hmm. say. So this poses a challenge to me as a grant writer, no? So Mm -hmm. I have to figure out how to work with different types of organizations and how to focus my work that is, um, yeah, of service to them and that is useful and that really helps them. So what we discussed in the mentorship is... Um, I can continue work with larger NGOs, nonprofits, some of them are, for example, in Germany or in the U.S., who mm. are collaborating with organizations in Latin America, building mm. programs for international donors, such as the International Climate Initiative and, you know, others. Um, mm. uh, so the idea is to help them, you know, coordinate these joint efforts to develop and design uh, these this, um these uh, um, grants, mm-hmm. and that's where my project of my company is called um, social environmental um, design um, project design mm-hmm. in Spanish. The social ambientales, which is the in the true sense, I am helping them design uh, their project, and my mission, so to say, is to help them increase their funding and therefore their impact. Right. So there's further larger NGOs, no, and then we have the small and the medium NGOs, and you know this business I have is it's it's growing, no, as yeah. because I'm also learning, you know, being working in a, in a nonprofit and then being on your own and independent and building your own business. Well, yeah. you have to develop new new skills, new abilities, no, and it's right. it's been, I think it's a it's going slow, but it's going at the right pace. But the thing, just going back to the subject is, so I need to develop products that are accessible for small and medium organizations and that target their more important needs, no? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the, the things I'm looking into and just slowly working towards them, yeah.
1: I, I love that so much, and I love, and I know we've had a lot of conversations about this, that's so, so cool, um, to see the process and see all the outcomes and, and to really look, because you're like, well, also my heart is to support these smaller organizations in conservation in, in my area, like in here, you know, that are doing work in the world that I live in, and I love that so much. So it was like, yeah, let's look at things. And even you saying, there's really no grant writers that have websites that are in Spanish. Like even looking at those types of things to be like, really leverage who you are, right? You may have a website in Spanish, have it. So you can serve those people who may have been left out of the conversation, right? And not being able to find access to information for skills that you do because it's not in their language. So I, I love that so much that you're really um, honing in on on who you want to work with, based on the passion and the skills that you have, you know, and, and your experience. So I love that so much. And how, how is that feeling to you
0: as you move through your business and as it evolves? Yes, I love it. I, yeah, I, I won't say it's easy, you know, some months I don't get any income, for example, you No, know? and then some months I do very well. So it's a balance, you know, it's a balance. Um, my My main challenge is to try to have a more consistent income yeah and then yeah. there are strategies to do that and i'm the good thing about the mentorship is that you learn all of these different strategies and you and you feel the support now, you're not alone it's like you're you're sharing all of this you know mm-hmm. you have a space where you can just say look i'm thinking about doing this and someone else has done it and they help you out they have the templates and well that's been um uh, yeah uh, an incredible support so i really don't feel. so I feel joy in my business. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's an opportunity to try out new things. Okay, yeah. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Else, I try something else. But yeah. I'm free to do my stuff and to do th- things my way. So that is something invaluable for me. So that is something precious, and that gives me. And that's something very important for all of you who are thinking about this. Your why is super important. <laughs> your why has to be the thing that keeps you, you know, the lows, the highs, whatever. But it, it provides you this, you know, this, um, the, the, the strength to say, yes, this is what I'm going to do. It. I know I don't want to go back to working inside a, a company and having to do what others tell me to do. I love the freedom. Mm-hmm. And I also did that. When I was in an NGO, but now I don't have to pay to ask for permission to go see my kids, you know, festival because that's one thing. I'm a mom of uh, two, two kids, an eleven and nine year old. and That was also one of my wives. No, I want yeah. to be there for them because life's just too short and they grow so fast. And I just wanted, you know, to have something that enabled me to spend time with them and also make a good living. So yeah, I like it. I do what I love. I help. You know, NGOs, I still work in the environmental sector. So I am happy. <laughs> I love I this. love that.
1: I love it so much. And, and you've been able to make, you know, if you're working with not one nonprofit, you can make a lot of impact. But you you're working now with like multiple NGOs and multiple like cross country collaboration, and even helping people who are maybe just starting out their nonprofit and conservation. So there's all these levels of your impact that multiplies. And I love seeing that as your business grows, and as you try new things, and as you define what you do, and, and, you know, you really start being like, I'm going to, have, have more confidence in who I am and implement that in my business. And I absolutely love seeing that. And that's where I see your business is, really thrives is when you, you're coming from it from your heart and from what you love. And that just makes me so happy to see that. So I'm glad that you said you have joy.
0: <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's important. Yeah, no, no, it's important because sometimes there are things that you don't really enjoy. But in the end, you say, well, it's part of the business. No? And the thing mm-hmm. is, you're overthinking. But one thing that is also very important is this sense of valuing yourself. Because mm-hmm. we come from a space where you where you're not taught to value yourself. You're always, you know, you're always told, ah, you did it wrong. Why didn't you why did you do this like that? And you failed and you know, all of this stuff just messes up with your mind. And then you need someone else to tell you, you know what? You're worth it. You can yes. do this. No. Yes. So that is absolutely important. So Holly, you've been, you know, great at doing this and say, you are worth it. You can charge so much for your services, of course. Mm-hmm. Just you know you if you don't value yourself, others won't do that. That's so the first one who has to say, You know, I'm worth it is you. Yeah, so, so that's very I funny. love that. Ah, and yeah, I love but you. We're thick headed. We I mean, you need to remind this. <laughs> yep, yep. I told you, you know, <laughs> I had this great offer, and then I was like, Should I go down? Should I offer a discount? Like, no, 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 no because this is my time. I won't do it. No, yeah, like, yes. And I love
1: that because then you can walk away even if it doesn't go through with your price that you feel like you're gonna show up at. And if it doesn't go through, you're almost relieved if they're trying to offer you something lower and you stick to your price, right? So if it doesn't go through, you're like, oh, you know what, that's okay. Now I have time for opportunities for other things instead of being like,
0: yeah. Yeah." Exactly, well, something better would come along. And then I was having a small Holly here talking, it. don't do it, (laughs) (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) Like I said, you know, you keep us accountable, no? Yes, so yes, that is important. That is an important part of the mentorship. If you're alone, you say, Oh, okay, well, whatever. But you know, I have this, you know, I have my call with Holly next week. To be so that <laughs> is... My actual- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. And
1: speaking of pricing, I was going back through some of the wins from this year already, and I was looking at some of yours, and I love the one where you said, and it was in the beginning of the year, I believe, and you're like, hey, I uh, have my, I did my, I got my nonprofit strategic planning client at my new 2023 prices. So talking about pricing and talking about um, different services that you offer, like through the mentorship, have you like? It's, I know, but like, tell tell me, you've been able to increase your rates since you before you started. Is that one of the major impacts that you've had on your business? Is
0: clarity and also yeah, the no. See, no, that's been one of the best things. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I started as a freelancer, I was so and it, it was and it was great, really. Really, that gave me the possibility to stay and uh, as a as a as a freelancer. You know? yeah. But I remember I, pro- I probably told a friend of mine from Colombia. You know, Colombians are very money savvy. And I said, you know what? They're paying me fourteen dollars an hour. I was like, so much money, you know? I'm. Fine. And she's like, what? Fourteen dollars? And I was so I don't know I I never even asked you know what what should I be charging right and, you know was, you know I was like ashamed ashamed of that yeah and yeah. then uh, you know just getting into those conversations having you know an understanding of the price ranges and saying well yeah fourteen dollars is is not a lot and and really uh I had the conversation and said look I'm going to raise my prices. And I said, well, if this client wants to continue with me, perfect. And if not, perfect. Because yep. then I'll find those that are willing to pay. With and mm-hmm. then, but it's a, le- it's a learning curve until yeah. you get it. that You know, if you're working for someone for that price range, you don't have the space to work for someone who yeah. will pay what you're worth. And the thing is not that they pay you what you're worth. It's that you have the money to invest in yourself. You have the money to grow your business. You have the money to improve your services. And you have the money to really go out there for your your dreams. Because if you want to do it all alone, it won't work. So you have to have in mind that you have to increase your prices so you have also the bandwidth to outsource other services. And then you can really improve the service that you're giving. and get. It's not about growing and getting more clients and getting more money. No, that's not the the mindset. The mindset is to make a living where you are financially stable and you can do what you love. I think that is the main goal. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that. And I love that you've been able to position it, your business to that. So you have time to play, you have time to pick up your kids, you have time to play and try out these new things in your business. Like I'm going to have these products that I offer and they're going to be at these rates. And, you know, and to be able to do that, I can sell more of those at a lower rate and, and, and be able to serve that population that can afford that rate. You know, so it's really like, having the when you really understand the value in yourself, you can really look at and and do those things at a higher level. So I love that you've been able to settle into that mindset. And just I've been able to see like, wow, all the things that you're doing in your business, then just keep growing and improving and, and you're still always showing up in that joy. And I love that so much. So yeah, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, this has been awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, but thank you for coming on and sharing, especially your experience. I love your background. I love how you're so convicted and you love what you do and you've been able to implement that in your lifestyle now and in your business. Um, so thank you for sharing that and just all of the ways that and being vulnerable with sharing, like, you know, how, how you've been able to grow your business. And sometimes it's not always easy. <laughs> all of that. So that's been fantastic. So where can people find you if they're like, I want to know more about Ali. I want to know how she can help me with my nonprofit. I'm sure we have
0: a lot of Spanish uh, speaking people
1: out there too are from these countries that are like, oh my gosh, that, is, that resonates with me. Where can they find you? Well,
0: you can find me at my LinkedIn space. Well, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. I think we'll put the, the We'll link. have all the
1: show notes. Yeah, all the links yeah. in the show
0: notes. If I say ales, ales, uh, well uh, well you can find okay. me at my LinkedIn and at my uh webpage, which is called Slide, um, socioambientales.com. I'll share the name with you so that they can, you know, get into yes. the, yeah, the Yeah, we'll have
1: thing. all of the links. And one more thing before we close out, I also just wanted to touch on in the mentorship, which has been really cool to see, is even you and uh, one of the other uh, mentees in there, Elena, are doing, because you both come from like this, this passionate background and education in the conservation space. So you're doing a co-webinar together too. So I love that like, is, has that been good to be like, oh, let's do this together and learn how to do these together and we have a support system as well? Is that kind of how that develops?
0: That's got, That's exactly that. And it's uh, targeted for small farmers in the US. It's all about grant grants for farmers, where to get them, where to find them, what the difference are, differences are between federal grants, state grants, private grants. Well, and also what is the most convenient grant for their situation. Huh? So I think that is um, it's very exciting and yeah, it's an opportunity to work with others, adapt to other styles and, you know, try new things, but not alone yeah. with someone else, which is always, you know, great. Yeah. She's I love Hannah, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah, her co-worker is uh, also very a very lovely person who speaks Spanish, by the way.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've seen her on docs and stuff when I do grant reviews and I'm like, oh hey, Yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. But I love that. Yeah. Cause I didn't even know you guys were really doing that. Cause it was just something you guys did together. And then you're like, Hey guys, promote this. And I was like, for sure. That's so awesome. So I love the relationships that you're building and the mentorship to do start doing work projects together and collab um, and get your expertise out in the world together. So I think that's really cool that you guys are doing that. Is that is
0: something that, yeah. And I've seen it, it happen a lot in the in the mentorship. And I think it's one of the strengths. You know? I've also gotten a lot of calls from people because of the of my, you know, um, of the grant. Um, how do I call it? The grant writer side in your mm-hmm. side. Yep, you're definitely on there uh, too.
1: You guys can find more about Alejandra
0: yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, I forgot that, but yeah, there's information there. All of my information is there. And it's been it's been great. It's been very interesting. Some very interesting people have gotten in touch with me. I love it. So anything else you want to add before we sign off today? Well, Holly, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure to be in your mentorship. I hope I can be in your mentorship for a while. And I've learned so much. And I really, if anyone there out there listening is thinking about joining the mentorship, do that. You won't regret it. It will be the best decision that you make. Trust me yeah thank
1: you so much I love it I love all the value that you bring to the mentorship I just man we have such a we have such a good group of people like I absolutely adore all of you and I love working with all of you so it's so exciting yeah I know what it's really what lights me up so I love um just being able to support you guys and just to hear how you guys are growing and seeing all the things and working together and it's so inspiring. So thank you for being in the mentorship. Thanks for coming on the podcast and thank you for the work that you do for nonprofits um around the world. I love it so much. So keep on going. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: thank you. Bye bye. Bye
1: We'll see you in the mentorship. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast episode, Grant Writing and Funding. We are super excited that you tune in with us. If this is your first time, welcome. And if you are a repeated listener, welcome back. We are super excited to offer these amazing guests and insight and topics for you to help increase your grant writing skills, to increase the grant writing industry, and to help you become a freelance grant writer and to grow your grant writing business. If you loved today's episode with Alejandro Salazar, please go ahead and check out all of the show notes today on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 287. Also, make sure you sign up for our free masterclass happening on September 19th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard. And this is for you if you already have a grant writing business, even that's just you. Doesn't mean you have to have employees and all that. Even if you're a solopreneur, you started a freelance grant writing business, you are ready to grow it right? You're ready to get clear on what you're selling. You're ready to maybe start hiring some virtual assistants, some OBMs, that sort of thing. You're looking to take off more time this year, but you're not really sure how to do it when you run this business. Join our free masterclass, the must have system to double peace and profit in your growing grant writing business on September 19th at 3 p.m. Eastern. You can register at the same place for our show notes, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 287, or you can visit our upcoming webinars on our website, grantwritingandfunding.com. And the doors do open to the Grant Professional Mentorship on September 19th, and they close on October 1st. So that is the window for the doors to be open at this webinar that you attend. You're going to find out more about the grant professional mentorship as well. But do know that the doors do open on the 19th of September and they will be closing on October 1st. And if you love this episode, please do me a favor. Leave a review on your podcast listener as this does help other people find the podcast. And we love reading the reviews and seeing you all out there and what your thoughts are on our podcast. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Your week, bye-bye.